Hi everyone, welcome to Unfiltered. I'm Ken Minster, and I'll be sitting down with Nevada's Republican state legislators to provide an unfiltered view of their work in the 81st legislative session in Carson City. In this interview, I speak with Tom Roberts, Assemblyman for Nevada's 13th District and our co-deputy minority leader. Tom is a focused, dedicated public servant, fighting hard to keep Nevadans safe and prosperous. He's also a history buff and a newly minted grandpa. Enjoy. First thing is, um, you know, for those that, that might not know you, uh, Assemblyman Roberts, is you can tell us a, a little bit about your family and how they're doing right now. Pandemics, uh, you know, affects everybody. Uh, tell us a little about them, how y'all are coping. Well, so, uh, you know, my family is, um, you know, we're originally from the military. My wife and I both, we moved here in 91, so we've been here 30 years. Um, I got out of the military and joined Metro uh, she stayed in the military a little longer, actually still works for the United States Air Force out at Nellis. Um, my boys, uh, my oldest is 26. Uh, he is a Metro police officer, just had a new baby. Uh, and my other son just graduated UNLV. Uh, you know, he, he was in the restaurant industry. He's an entrepreneur, so he was hit a little early, but he's, my youngest has figured out a way to adapt and uh, he's transitioned to online clothing sales and a variety of things. And so he's doing some stuff that way. Uh, but you know, we're, we're surviving, we're doing, we're doing well and we're healthy and we're fortunate enough to still have income coming in. And, uh, you know, we're much better off than a lot of other Nevadans. Um, so you're a new grandpa then. Yeah. A couple like, months. Okay. So it's so in a couple months. So he hasn't had the kid yet or he, he just did. He just did December 30th. Oh my gosh. Our, our first grandchild, the granddaughter, um, we've got to see her two weekends in a row when I've returned home. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's a true blessing. That's awesome. I, uh, my, my, uh, father-in-law's in the military and, and becoming a grandpa's made him very soft. He'd never admit it, but you know, he's becoming, <laughs> becoming a grandpa's a soft. Well, you know, I was, a I was a cop for 34 years, right? My son, uh, is falling in my footsteps, the one, one there. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a soft spot for yeah. kids. Well, tell me, uh, so yeah, and I, I saw on your bio that you know you're you're a police officer and, and have been for a very long time. Uh, what what brought you to run for office, uh, and, and where where do you represent? What's your where's your district? Well, first of all, my district is Assembly District 13. It's in the northwest portion of Las Vegas. The boundaries are roughly Ann Road to the south, US 95 to the west, Decatur to the east, and it stops at the end of the town. Um, I've lived in that district uh, for the last 20, let's see, 26 years or 24 years. Sorry. Um, yeah, almost 24 years in that district. Previously, I lived in, in North Las Vegas. Um, so how I became involved in this is when I was a police lieutenant under Sheriff Doug Gillespie, I was a legislative liaison for the department. I spent uh, two legislative sessions here in Carson City in 07 and 09 and a smattering of special sessions. I did some government work, uh, some le legislative liaison work with the city and the county uh, down in Southern Nevada City, Las Vegas, the county, and did some things at the federal level with major police organizations in policy and moving policy and making change, you know, for the our community uh, interested me then, and I thought it was something I might be able to do later in life if I retired. And so an opportunity presented itself uh, with a vacant seat, um, 
couple of years ago. And so I ran for it and here I am. I'm on my second term. I, people go to Carson City and they, you know, never want to go back. So I applaud you for wanting to you know, go, go back and, and return there. And, and, you know, Carson City is a wonderful place with legislature, you know, less so. But uh, that's great. That's that's very cool. I appreciate your service uh, to Nevada. And, you know, it's it's great. You're a longtime Nevada. I, so I'm a second generation. And, I you know, there's not a lot of us. You know, a lot of people are transplants. And 26 years, you're you're basically native at that point. So. That is very cool. Almost. I mean, at least my, my two kids are native Nevadans and uh, my grandchild is. So I guess they we outnumber each other now. I was going to say oh. that counts. Yeah. Like, the assembly just released their, their list of priorities. You know, they had that, the, the cold, uh, you know, conference, uh, press conference outside. I, I have read through the document and I, I, I love it. I love that we have this concise list of sort of what you're doing and it, it's solid. Um, how are you planning in this this you know weird sort of pandemic legislature right now? What are what are you doing to get get some of those items passed and and, and get things done? Well, so each one of those priorities, there are bills uh, that our members have uh, sponsored, you know, to to move the legislation in the in the direction that we believe it should be. Um, even though we're in a uh, we're in a minority, we're we're outnumbered uh, by the majority party, the Democrats. Uh, but, you know, last session and this session, you know, they, they do work across the aisle. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of our goals are common. We may not necessarily agree on how to get there, you know, and uh, so we'll, we'll work as strategically as we can to, you know, to get those things passed. What's uh, what's important to you on that list? I'm not, not talking as the Southern, you know, minority leader, whatever your title is, but what, what about you, Selling Roberts? What do you, what do you want to see passed? Obviously all of it, but what do you want to see passed on that list? Well, you know, look, uh, from a survival standpoint for, you know, Republicans in the state, you know, election issues are, are, are a high priority, uh, you know, to fix some of the challenges that we saw in the last election. I think, um, there were so many changes done to our election process and some missteps uh, in, you know, some of the, the vote counting and a number of things. I just, I just think people have a certain amount of mistrust, and I think there's some things that we can fix there. Uh, secondly, what's really important is, is our economy, getting people back to work, getting kids back into school, um, you know, getting, getting small businesses reopening and business nonprofits and folks like that uh, to where they can can earn a living and you know and, and stay stay in business uh, you know so that they can employ and make Nevada more prosperous it is it's it's absolutely crucial um, I'm it's difficult I, I don't have any school age children I got a little two-year-old but you know some of my friends are are dealing with you know school they have school children from you know 17 years old to you know four years old and just about to go to kindergarten you know, opening schools is something that's super important for me. And I, you know, I, I don't know if there are assembly or, you know, assembly priorities to assembly bills to get that done, but that's for us down in Southern Nevada, that's it's, it's economy crushing. It's life crushing right now. And I feel like reopening schools is such a big priority. Is that, you know, that, is that one of them is to help get those schools reopened? So, so yeah, I mean, from a budgetary standpoint, you know, uh, you know, I'm on ways and means, I was on interim finance committee, uh, we allocated uh, a significant amount of CARES Act money to assist schools getting back open so that they can do it safely and that teachers can be safe and kids can be safe. So I think that that is moving forward, you know, from a sports standpoint, 
you know, I, I believe it's important that we get our kids back to playing sports and into inter, interscholastic activities. I, I, I think there's some challenges with, with folks not listening to our parents and our student athletes. I have a bill to add uh, parents to the uh, NIAA board that oversees student athletics. And, and I, I have a, and to also add two student athletes to the advisory board. Because currently right now it's all administrators. And I think that that diversity on the board and that input would come a long way when they make decisions about closing sports or opening sports. That perspective is certainly helpful. Oh, that's very cool. I did not know that there was not a, a parent representative or student athlete representative. No, I, have, on that. I, have a, I have a hearing on that this Thursday, matter of fact. Wow. Well, okay. Well, I hope that passes. That's great. I, I feel like that's a that's a great reform. What what can we do? So you know, you've got your your rank and file GOPers, right? That support. You know, we're doing everything. How can we support you in in Carson City right now? Is there bills to testify on? I don't know. Is there a petition I can say? What what can we do to help the caucus right now and help you? You know, get this stuff done. Well, so I mean, we you know obviously you could go to uh, our website. You know, the uh, Assembly Republican Caucus, and you can look at, we send out, you can sign up for a newsletter. We send out newsletters uh, weekly on uh, bills that are coming up, uh, priority legislation that we have going forward. And if there's something that you like or dislike, you know, even though you may not, you know, live in my district, but whoever's district that you do live in, find out who your legislator is email them and tell them your opinion on a certain piece of legislation. Because I, I believe that what side of the aisle you're on, uh, our legislators or legislators here uh, value the input from the, their constituents. And, you know, I think, I think it goes a long way. That's great. Uh, what I'll do is uh, so I'm going to uh, put it at the bottom of the screen so that people can see okay. the website, see where to sign up so that they can – they can uh, sign up for that newsletter and know what's going on. And so that's okay. great. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. And, you know, I'll have, you know, the assembly, the caucus send me that stuff and I'll get it out to my followers and do my best to keep them in the loop uh, for some of these crucial bills. When it, when it comes to, you know, you being a police officer, what, are there any criminal justice? I, I thought I saw that you're on judiciary committee. I hope that's not bad information, but is there, is there any criminal justice centered bills that you're watching and, you know, you want to tell constituents about? Well, so I'm not on judiciary this time. Uh, I was last cycle. I, I'm on Ways and Means, the budget committee. But you know, look, I because of my background, I, you know, that's a that's an an area of interest to me. You know, I know there's some police reform bills uh, that are going to be introduced that you know, I'll be watching closely. Uh, some criminal justice reform bills. You know, some are good, some are bad. Um, you know, when 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 those finally hit and we see what those are, you know, I'll be I'll be watching those. Because uh, I believe we need to support our law enforcement uh, community, uh, you know, and first first responders. Uh, you know, yeah, it, are, are, are we uh, open to change or police are open to change? I believe so. Uh, but, you know, I think we need to do things incrementally and not undermine uh, their ability to keep us safe. When it comes to you know, getting excited, you know, you're 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 a representative of us. You're, you know, in the assembly leadership. What? It was 2020 was it was a tough year for a lot of people. Uh, you know, we lost the presidency, we lost the Senate, uh, control of the Senate. Um, what is there for Republicans in Nevada specifically to be excited about? You know, of legislatively or electorally, like what what should we be focusing on right now? What do we think that 
you guys are going to do for us up there uh, right now? Well, I mean, I don't believe the economic picture is is with the federal aid that we've already gotten and some of the federal aid that is coming. I don't think it is is as bleak as it was first let on. Uh, so with Republicans having uh, at least a minority in both houses, we have the ability to stop any tax increases uh, or fee increases. So, uh, you know, we're there for you on that. Uh, outside of that, we don't have the numbers to stop a lot of the other issues, but, um, you know, I believe that the leverage we do have will give us a seat at the table on some of those other, uh, some of those other issues, and we'll be able to make some changes, you know, for the, for the better. Looking forward, you know, the quicker you look at numbers are going down, um, you know, we've invested some money in small businesses, uh, in some of those programs, we're, we're about to get schools open. If we can get this COVID cloud out from over the state and we can get our um, convention business back up and our tourist volume back up, it will certainly have a positive impact on Southern Nevada and, and the whole state as a whole. No, that's wonderful. And I, that, that is something to be excited about the fact that we're not in a super minority anymore. I think it's, it's a big deal. And I, I, I talked about this in another interview, but like, I, I don't think regular Republicans understand that that's a bigger impact most of the time than what's going on in DC. I feel like people don't, don't focus on their, their state yeah. legislators enough. Right. Well, politics is all local, right? And, and, and when Republicans were in control nationally, uh, Democrats set out for, to win state houses, you know, incrementally. And, and they've done a good job of that. They flipped a few states to include Nevada where, we were pretty red, you know, in 2015, uh, we were fairly blue, the, you know, the last two cycles and this cycle, we were able to claw back a few seats and hopefully we can build on that momentum and pull out a few more seats the next midterm. I think what's important for Republicans is that we need to stop fighting amongst each other, find our common ground you know, and unite. Because the more we do that, the more we primary each other, the more we fight internally, you know, it is likely that we'll be able to pick up seats and get momentum in this state. Democrats out fundraises 10 to 1. Uh, and so the more money we're spending in primaries, the less money we have for general elections to, to beat Democrats in these close, uh, in these close seats. I, I, this, it's a huge issue you've touched on of just the, the, the waste of resources. I mean, we don't all have to agree with each other on every, as Republicans, we don't have to agree with each other on absolutely everything, but in a state like Nevada at this pivotal time, I feel like your, your message of unity is that's what we need. We need to just help each other, you know, and, and not hurt each other as much because the, you know, Democrats are united, you know, I mean, they, they don't, they don't pull any punches. They, they've got a well-oiled machine and we're trying to build that machine. Uh, I think. Is and and I, I think it's also important that, you know, independents are the are the fastest growing segment in our voter registration rolls, right? People are disenfranchised with both parties. And so I think it's important that we talk about the good things of the Republican Party, that we're about, you know, a physically responsible government, about family values, you know, about freedoms, and, you know, and, and, and faith to some degree. And I, I believe that that resonates with a lot of middle ground voters and we need to get away from the things that drive people away.
And, um, you know, and so that's also a challenge for us as well. I, uh, the one thing I've noticed, and this you know, will round us out here, is one thing I've noticed is opening schools and reopening the economy. I'm telling you, it's very bipartisan. We don't have to go in the far right or far, or the, you know, the, the, the weird realms around COVID. But I, I have found that, that people who are not political are like, I can't conduct business. We can talk about all the other issues and, you know, renaming the airport. My business is closed. My kids can't go to school. I can't go right. to work with my kids. And I, I found that that is something that it crosses all the lines. It crosses, you know, everybody wants that to be done. And, and reopening that economy is a high priority. Well, and I also think that the dismal way that the unemployment claims were handled uh, by the executive branch is bipartisan well uh, as well. You know, I, I think people are frustrated with the inability for that to be done. They're frustrated with schools not being open. Um, they're frustrated with business not being open, especially when you look at other states that are similarly situated, and they are, and our numbers are, our numbers are no different. Um, and, but, you know, I think finally we're starting to recognize that and we're moving forward. You know, and, I, and you know, school choice was always been a Republican issue, right, is to give parents, uh, you know, a choice. And I guarantee you now that if, you know, most parents wish that they had a choice and they weren't stuck with a closed school district, that they would go out and find a private institution, you know, if they had the ability to do that. And, and the framework for that was completely stripped out in the last legislative session by the majority party. Uh, and so that, that option isn't even there to fund it anymore. So yeah. uh, I think those are things that are going to resonate with these voters, and hopefully we can get claw some of that back. You know, opening up the economy again after the, you know, during the pandemic is, is, is important to us. And so we, we, we appreciate you, you uh, and the caucus fighting, fighting for that. For us. So. Well, you're welcome. That's what we're here to do, you know, and uh, is represent our constituents and enact in their well-being. That's great. Well, we we wish you the best of luck. Um, Thank you. It's, uh, it's a, an odd year for a, for a legislature. We hope they open the building soon so that, you know, we can have our voices be heard up there as well. Um, and so, you know, please, you know, I'll, I'll have that uh, those links up so people can keep us. Uh, you know, we can help keep people informed on what they can do and keep keep all of us involved. If, if there's something you need our, our help on as Republicans, let us know um, and we'll we'll do our best to organize the troops and, and support you um, up there. And so uh, my last last question for you, Tom, is just, you know, and I know you're focused on passing legislation, but I, I ask everyone of what books are you reading right now? You know, when you, I, I don't know what your living arrangement is up there. If you're, you know, in some, some apartment with three other legislators or whatever, but what, what are you reading at night? And, uh, you know, what, what are you focusing on outside of, you know, reading bills? Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, uh, one of the, one of the things that, that I'm, I have on my nightstand at home is a book by David McCullough. It's about Teddy Roosevelt. Um, He's one of my favorite, his, I'm a history kind of guy, and he's one of my favorite authors. Unfortunately, I have not really had the time to dive into those books. Uh, it, you know, we run all day, and so every evening, I spend the evening preparing for the next day where we read, we read, uh, we read budgets, we read bills, and we prepare for questions, and, and you know, for the following day. And that's pretty much the grind. Yeah. Uh, while you're up here, 
So it doesn't give you a lot of leisure time. Uh, on the flight, sometimes back and forth, you, know, you have some time, but uh, you know, you're all, it's, it's not enough to get through a book. No. But and these bills. Really, it's all legislation, legislature, legislative bills and, and budgets. <laughs> line item after line item, you know, Excel, Excel, yeah. Excel line wall. That's, yeah. that's the right answer, you know, you're reading the bills. So that's that's what we want to hear. But uh, I've got a McCullough book on uh, uh, Washington that's collecting dust in my nightstand. We watch too much TV, but uh, he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I like his writing style. He's a, he's a, he's a good writer. And I, I've read uh, 1776 and John Adams and Truman were all really good books. Uh, so hopefully this one is, is, is as good. True. I, I didn't know he wrote on Truman. That's, that's uh, an interesting figure. Yeah. I tell you what, that's, uh, if you've read John Adams, uh, you know, it's a book this thick, you know, uh, Truman is that thick. It is, it is as good a book as John Adams. Um, well, I, that's, that's all I got for you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate the work you're doing for us, Assemblyman, and, uh, you know, let us know what else we can do to, to assist you, uh, during session. Well, thank you for your time. And I appreciate everybody's support and, uh, I hope to continue to get it.